like things to be stable. Now, last week, our church rented our, our, our local roller skating rink and had a special evening of Christian music, roller skating, and just a fun time together. There's a picture on your screen. That was us, a group of us. We had, a, we had a blast. We had so much fun. But many people skated from this church, and a whole bunch of other people looked at me and said, uh, <laughs> I ain't going out there. I ain't done that in years. No way. You ain't going to catch me out there. I had a lot of people say that. And so, you know, in addition to this, I don't, I think I might have got one of those pictures, but anyone here ever ride a hoverboard? If, you ride, if you've ridden a hoverboard, comment below. Say, I've ridden a hoverboard. Just comment, okay? Engage with us here, because I'm going to look at those comments later. I want to know who is watching that has ridden a hoverboard before. If it's one of your kids, just say one of my kids has. But I tried one. I did not try one at the roller skating rink. But I thought about bringing one of my kids' hoverboards. And I thought about getting up here and kind of talking to you for a minute while I navigated this hoverboard. I will, be, I will confess to you, I chickened out and I realized that, hey, everyone that's going to be watching on live stream is going to have a video for the rest of eternity of me falling down in my suit and the microphone go flying. Because I know that I probably, unless I would have just held on to this, I might have been able to just hover myself back and forth. But those hoverboards are pretty cool gadgets. I did try one in the lower level here at our church one time, and I managed to just keep my hand in the outer wall, and I did not fall, I want you to know. But uh, hoverboards, if you've ever tried one, I, I, seen one only, I, I think I only see one or two adults try it last Sunday at the roller skating rink. But kind of like many people will not skydive. Come on, engage with us here if you're watching this. If you have skydive, write skydive on the comments. If you are a skateboarder, write skateboard on the comments. I'm curious to know who we have watching. If you are a skier, write skiing. If you're a snowboarder, type snowing, snowboard, snowboarding. Or if you're a water skier, type water skiing. Or maybe if you've taken a cruise, type I went on a cruise. Or maybe if you don't, say I never have gone. I know nobody's going on a cruise right now. But engage with us here. I'm curious because some of those people, they don't like skydiving, skateboarding, skiing, snowboarding, water skiing, or even taking a cruise. For many, they just don't like instability. They like two feet on solid ground. I'm not going anywhere. I control what I do. Now, I snow ski, but I tried snowboarding. I didn't like it. I don't like the idea of both of my feet strapped to one board. I like the, the stability. Even if it is two skis, I like to be able to move both my feet. And so everyone may have different preferences here, but chances are very few of you like every single thing I just listed. Maybe it's you. You could say, I like everything you just listed. I like snowboarding, skiing, going on cruises, skydiving from a plane, uh, roller skating. Maybe that's you, but there's not too many people that would like everything on the list. We like control. We do not like instability. We do not like instability. We do not like instability. And that, folks, is why we're struggling right now. That is why you are having a hard time and I am, I'm having a hard time. Because we don't like instability. Society seems so out of control. Nothing seems normal. Sit down, sit down options for restaurants aren't available. 
Many of you are homeschooling your children. That's taking your prayer life to a whole nother level. We aren't gathering in person for church jobs. Many jobs you're not working or you're working from home. Our president's asking us to get together in groups of less than 10 people, practice social distancing. There's even now new uh, things about not even getting together with anybody, isolating. All sports leagues are shut down. We're concerned about the economy and our financial well-being. And the, the question keeps getting raised, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, this morning, just for a little bit here, I'm going to talk about this title. The church has left the building. The church has left the building. Would you pray with me? God, I just am so grateful that we have people that are tuning in on Facebook Live podcast and YouTube. And Lord, I just pray uh, that you would just speak through me, Lord, so that your word would come to life. And, and Lord Jesus, that men, women, and children watching this either live or later on would just feel your presence power, would feel hope that comes from the words we just sang in the songs, and also the word that we're reading in your scripture and the principles as we apply them to our lives. Jesus, I just pray, help us. In your name we pray. Amen. So we want answers. We are all, chances are, I would think all of us, I don't like to say we're all, because that's a very inclusive statement, but I think many of us are looking for someone to just tell us what to do. Every time the president comes on and hey, he gets up and he says, all right, here's the state of the nation. We just want him to have news that says, we found it. Here's the cure. It stopped. We're good to go. Go back to life as normal. Every medical uh, official that steps on says, all right, I have a report. We watch because we want someone to provide us with an answer. We want a pastor who heard from God to say, here's what God said. Anybody, president, doctor, pastor, we'll take whatever. Just someone tell us what we're going to do. Can I say that sometimes... We are not supposed to know what to do. Now, I know that drives us crazy. But life's a mystery. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says just a very succinct statement. He just says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's it. That's all he says. You know, that just moves on. But I'll tell you, that simple statement is not simple. It's not easy. If we take away the mystery, though, we do not need faith. Right now, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't have a clue what's going to happen next week or next month and next couple of months. I have no idea. Now, I know some of you are like, all right, find a different podcast. Let's go find somebody that does. But right now, I have no idea what's going to happen. But it, as hard as it is for me to say this, I don't have to. I don't have to have any idea. If I truly trust God, then I don't need to know the future. The unknown, my unknown future can be trusted in the hands of a known God. Faith functions best when you don't know. So God often puts us in positions that are like the hoverboard. Because when I first rode the hoverboard, I did not dare. I got a four-year-old son that literally throws his hands in his pocket and just goes back and forth in the hoverboard. It's the first time in my life that I've looked at a four-year-old and I'm jealous. I'm like, 
I don't I have, a, I have too much pride to go up to my four year old and say, son, can you ask, can you show me how to ride that? He'd probably laugh at me knowing my son. He'd be like, <laughs> but no, God sometimes puts us on a hoverboard in life. And the only reason I was able to stay up when I rode the hoverboard is because I went like this. And as I went forward and back, I kept my hand against the wall. And the wall provided me the stability that I needed. And sometimes life is the hoverboard and God is the wall. And we say, man, if I don't have you, God, right now, I'm going to fall on my face. And I need you. But I will say everything might feel unstable. And it is because it is. It is. Everything we know is unstable. But know this. You hear me right now. Every man, woman, child watching this podcast, live stream, Facebook Live, YouTube channel. You are strong enough to withstand instability. You are strong enough to withstand instability. If you knew everything, then you would not be walking by faith. And the Bible says faith is what pleases God. So I wish that I could say, God, here's my number. It's 816. Great. Hey, God just texted me. Um, so it looks like this is going to wrap up this date. You don't have to worry. You're going to have a job. And uh, uh, you're gonna, your finances will only be tight for two and a half weeks. And I, I wish. I wish I could do that. That would be awesome. That would be great. But this season is creating a bit of tension, even between churches, even church leaders, even church goers. Like right now, some of you are probably fighting like guilt and, and, and should I be home? Should I? I'm not going to church. I'm not used to not being in church on a Sunday. Maybe, oh, the, the church leaders, I don't know if they made the right decision. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, everything feels unstable. I, I actually saw a few funny memes that said about churches that said prophecy conference canceled. Due to unforeseen circumstances. Another said healing crusade canceled due to widespread sickness. There's a lot of jokes going on about churches, among churches. Some churches are canceling. Some are moving online. Some are holding their normal services just as they always do. Now each church and church leadership team needs to make their own decisions based on what they feel from God. We've decided to move strictly to online for Reasons that I already spoke about in depth on Wednesday. Go back and watch that if you're interested. And we should all respect one another's decisions. But I want to tell someone that might be kind of struggling with this, that it is not ungodly or a lack of faith to hold church online for a little while. In fact, I feel responsibility as a church leader to help protect people, the people that I'm called to love and serve. When you go back all the way to the Old Testament, when God delivered his people out of Egyptian slavery, God formulated 613 commands known as the law of Moses. Now, for us, we say, man, that's a lot of commands. That's a lot of written, written uh, laws and commands from God. But you have to understand, they spent 430 years in Egyptian bondage. So when God called them out, they didn't know how to worship. They didn't know how to govern. They didn't know how to handle disputes. They didn't know how to deal with their own economy. They did not even know about how to deal with health and disease. So his commands provided guidelines for his people. 
And when you look at the book of Leviticus, you see all kinds of interesting things that God commanded his people to do. I am about to read you a passage of scripture that never in my life did I think would I ever use as a text in a preaching message. But check it out. Leviticus 13, usually you skip Leviticus in your bread reading, you just kind of go through that. But it says, if the affected area of the skin is only white discoloration and does not appear to be more than skin deep, if the hair on the spot is not turning white, the priest will quarantine the person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination, meaning you're quarantined seven days, but there might be longer. There's another examination. If, the, if he finds the affected area has not changed and the problem has not spread on the skin, the priest will quarantine the person for seven more days. That's 14 days now. And it says on the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. Guess what? If I, the affected area has faded, it has not spread. The priest will pronounce the person ceremonial clean. It was only a rash. The person's clothing must be washed. The person will be ceremonially clean. But then verse 7, but if the rash continues to spread after the person's been examined, the infected person must be returned to be examined again. If the priest finds the rash has spread, he must pronounce the person ceremonially unclean, for indeed it's, it's a skin disease. I know all of you are going, amen, preach the word, brother, at home right now. The rest of the entire chapter goes on with guidelines on how to handle quarantine and infections. And if, again, I never thought I'd ever preach from this passage. But we see the same thing in Numbers 5. Command the people of Israel to remove from the camp anyone who has a skin disease, discharge anyone who's become ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person. This command applies to men and women alike. Remove them so that they will not defile the camp. I live among them. So the Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses and removed the people. These were God's commands. What if that verse said, so the Israelites thought that was foolish and they decided not to do it? So the Israelites were concerned that they thought that they should, you know, every day, every day there were sacrifices at the tabernacle. And, the, and so they thought that that was important. So they disregarded what God said. Because they were afraid people might say it was a lack of faith. Listen. No way. It was just alignment with what God gave the leaders to instruct the people. Because every leader is ordained by God. And what happens now? What happens now? The church has left the building. Not just figuratively, literally. We have left the building. Like, I'm preaching to empty pews today. But I understand that it's not the pews that I'm preaching to. It's you. Right where you are. And when I say right where you are, I don't just mean a physical location. I mean right where you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually. The church has left the building. Everything feels unstable. And at times like this, we as the church have got to shift our thinking. Right now, any stress or anxiety in your life is coming from the fact that you are looking for answers. That is what causes you stress right now. You might say, well, I'm not really concerned about this. I'm concerned about the virus. I'm concerned about physical. Oh, I'm not concerned about the virus. I'm concerned about the, the economy. Oh, I'm not concerned about the economy. I'm concerned about my children. I'm concerned about education. Some of you are like, I'm concerned about the playland at Chick-fil-A. I mean, like, whatever it is. There are concerns because we're looking for answers. Looking for someone to bring stability to instability, peace to chaos, normal to abnormal, answers to questions. 
But what if God is developing something in us that is not going to give us answers? What if it's not about the answers? Walking by faith, but not by sight. Church, if I could tell you, whether you consider yourself a member of Refuge or you're just tuning in, we, I'm just speaking globally, as we the church must ask ourselves, right now we're getting caught up too frequently in, what are we losing? Oh, what are we losing? We're losing our services. We're losing our, our, our fellowship. We're losing our connection. We're losing our this. We're losing our that. What if we could shift our thinking and get away from what are we losing to saying, if I am the church of the living God, and God controls all things, he rises up, sits down, there's nothing that happens that he says, oh no, well, that surprised me, that caught me off guard. If God truly has control, and I walk by faith and not by sight, my question cannot be, what am I losing? It is, what can I gain? What can I gain? What can I be as the church of God today that maybe I didn't have the opportunity to be just a week or two weeks ago? What can I gain? So I'm asking you right now, what can you gain? What can you accomplish as a spirit-filled believer of God that God can do through your life at this very time? So many churchgoers are stressed because they cannot come to a building, to a facility once or twice a week. And I get that. Believe me. I love seeing every single one of you. I want to shake your hand. Say, how's it going? I want to go put my name on the waiting list at Texas Roadhouse and go have a steak with you after this morning service, okay? I want that. I love seeing. I love the community we have here at Refuge Church. I love the city of Liberty and the surrounding areas. And we are going to get back to meeting as soon as we possibly can. It's scriptural. It's vital. But I'm wondering through all of this is God showing his church that we're really not fulfilling our mission if we are this shook up that we cannot come to a facility is God showing us something that our whole life and I get it I'm not I, I want to get together too please understand me but are we fulfilling our mission if the only part of the church, if literally the only thing missing in your life right now is the fact that you can't come on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night to a service, to a facility, and sit on a padded pew and hear preaching and, and sing along? That's not the whole mission of the church. The church was never supposed to be a building. It was supposed to be you and I. Look at the first century believers, the apostles. Scripture tells us they had big and small meetings. We read about 3,000 people being added to the church in one day. But then the very next breath, it talks about, hey, they, went, they met publicly. They met house to house. There were small meetings of prayer and fellowship and breaking of bread. And join us here online. So Wednesday night, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I am going to speak that something God laid so strongly. I have a very, very exciting announcement on Wednesday night. I'm going to be talking about this topic, interaction during isolation. Interaction during isolation. Be back here. 
Wednesday. Tune in at 7 o'clock because we have very exciting times. We have a specific plan about how we can be the church without being in the church. In our day, church buildings have been effective tools for evangelism and discipleship, but the first century church didn't own buildings. They typically met in homes. Even to this day, you might not know this, because of persecution in certain countries right now, some of our churches are, are in small groups, and their, their only church is actually internet-based or streaming-based. Can you imagine what the apostles could do with today's technology? They literally spread this thing through the whole known world of that day, the gospel message. What could they do with what I have right here today? What could they do with what you have right here today? I doubt that they would have expected Peter, James, and John to gather up some money to, uh, you know, pay for first century Google marketing and hope that Peter's preaching would just be streamed to the right individual and say, hey, I'm still the church. I tune in twice a week, and our pastor and the church pays for this, and we hope it works out. I doubt that's what the first century church would look like. They'd be saying, hey, how can we still minister to the, to the widows? How can we still minister to people who are hurting and broken and lost? How can we offer hope to a hopeless world? You know what we got to do? Peter, James, John, it wouldn't just be them. It'd be Bartholomew and Philip and Nathaniel. And they'd be saying, you know what? I'm going to get me a Zoom account. I'm going to get a Google Hangout. I'm going to go reach somebody that I can reach. I, I, after all, it was uh, he went out and said, hey, hey, come meet this man, Jesus. Jesus, he's the one we've been looking for, right? Why can't we do the same thing? No way. The first century, they knew, the church knew their calling, and God called all of them to go make disciples. Just because we're not meeting two times a week in a physical structure does not mean that the call to make a disciple is gone. Regardless of the circumstances, God will enable us to continue in the work of offering hope and evangelism and discipleship. How many people do you know? You might be tuned in right now, and you're scared to death. That's not a knock on you. You're just, if you're being honest, you're saying, I'm freaking out. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen with school and, and finances, my job, and even spiritually, and, and trying to be connected to a body of believers. There are people that are scared right now, and they work next to you. They live next door to you. They're related to you. They're friends of yours, people that are, are, are just so afraid right now. They're dealing with panic, anxiety, everything feels unstable. And I know it's unstable for us too, if we're honest. But the difference is we walk by faith, not by sight. So, I can remain stable in unstable times. Because I serve a God who says... I am the Lord, I change not. That's the perfect picture of stability. So if I, if, it doesn't matter if my time is unstable. When I serve a stable God, there's stability in my life. Whether you like it or not, the church has left the building. And I'm wondering if that's the way that God always wants. Again, join us Wednesday. We're, we have a plan. Very exciting news, too, of things we can do. But I know this may all feel unstable to you. But he didn't intend us to just be in a building. He wants us to gather. But if the New Testament church falls apart, 
because our structure is removed, there's an issue. If we don't know how to lead our children in worship in homes, then I am thankful for this very moment. If you're not used to taking your child through a Sunday school, do you know in the Old Testament, the Bible laid it on the responsibility on the parents to teach their children when they wake up, when they walk by the way, when they lay down at night. It was a parental responsibility to invest godly values in their kids. This is an amazing time for you to be able to invest in your children. God is giving us some amazing opportunities of rest, family time, investing in our kids, using technology. Listen, I choose not to be afraid. Because I'm going to say, what did the church lose? No, what can we gain as the church? What can we gain? There are so many lives that are being impacted right now. So many people so scared. But you know what? I can reach them. I can, I can invest in my kids. We're giving you, we just gave you a link to an online Sunday school class yesterday. Wednesday, you're going to have a link to our children's ministry director has a curriculum that you're going to be able to print off and teach and explain things to your kids. You're going to be given tools to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. And so, I will say, there has probably never been, you might disagree with me on this. I'm not just trying to put a positive spin on things. I am really, truly saying this with all my heart. There has probably never been a more perfect time than right now to be the church. In all of my life, I could say in human history, but I wasn't there through all of it. So I can only speak for about 40 years. All my life, I have never seen a more perfect time for the New Testament church to be the church. Well, how can we do that? Well, I'm stuck in my house. I can't go listen to someone talk. Go listen to someone talk. I mean, you don't have to walk up and be like, yes, I'm here with the answers to society. Rise up to your feet and allow me to pray for you. And just give someone a call and say, hey, things have been crazy. You doing all right? And just listen. Because people want to talk right now. People want to talk. Th these people, some people are not used to homeschooling their kids. They've been homeschooling their kids for a full week in some cases. Or even the thought about homeschooling their kids this week. Believe me, they want to talk to an adult. They want to talk to a human being that can converse with them and not just ask them for cookies and milk and soda and can you tuck me in and pick me up and all that stuff. Be compassionate. If your sentences start with, I'll just tell you right now, what you need to do or what the answer is, or people don't like that. Let them know you'd love to get together and discuss God's word. If you're not comfortable even in a one-on-one -on -one setting, we have the beautiful thing called technology. We preach against it sometimes because there can, be, there can be dire things that come out of it. But right now, we could use this for all good. We're using it right now. 
If you're, not, if you're unfamiliar, there are things called Google Hangouts. There's Zoom. Zoom accounts give you 40 minutes for free. That on your screen right there, that's what you're looking for. That's how many people you could have in a, in a group. 40 minutes of an online discussion that you could imagine with me. Imagine with me if you just said to your friend, hey, I know things are crazy right now. A lot of my friends are scared. And you know what? I love getting in the word of God, and I know that we're all kind of isolated right now. How about I have a Zoom account. I'll just send you a link. You click on the link, and it'll bring up video and audio. Why don't we meet one time a week for like 45 minutes, and just let's discuss the word of God together. Because I, I love his word, and there's some things that I, I'd love to talk to you about. Because I think we still have hope. What is keeping you from doing that? If our only prayer is, I just hope someone out there finds our church's live stream. That's not, that's not the mission of the church. What could you do instead of saying, what am I losing? The church has left the building and you're the church. So what could you do right now when people, we will never have more in common with people than we do right at this minute. We will never, ever in our lives have more in common with people than we do right now. So what could you do with your neighbor, your friend, your coworker that you could say? I'd say if you say, well, I don't know how to do all this stuff, email the church, info at refugechurchonline.com. Email the church. There's the email address. Email us. And we will make sure that we get some tutorial to you, video or bullet points. We will help you. If you're saying, if you say, I don't know curriculum, we will get you a Bible study curriculum to lead someone in the discussion. Listen, we want to equip you to be the church. The church is you. We're not in a building right now, but that never needs to stop God's people from being the church. Our praise team is getting ready to come back up. But when someone cannot go to a building for service, take the church to them. Take the church to them. Some of you are feel comfortable meeting in a one-on-one -on -one setting. Go to someone's home. Bring dinner. If you can't sit in a restaurant anyway, go through the drive-thru. Bring, sit, and eat with them. If you say, hey, I'm just not comfortable with that, that's fine. Then there's technology there. And if you're here and you're saying, well, I'm just not used to technology, write a handwritten note. Pick up a phone. Call someone. Just invest in someone's life. Right now, people are looking for something. They have the most, you have something in common right now. We're going through the same things. You can do it one-on-one. -on -one. You can have a group where you send out a link. Teach your children at the very least. Weekly meet with your disciples, someone you're investing in. The church has left the building. And I'm just wondering this morning if that's exactly the way God wanted it. Our reach and influence is not getting smaller. It's actually getting wider. So stop saying, what did we lose? Yes, we miss certain elements. We, uh, yeah, of course. I can't wait to get back and worship with you. But what can we gain as the church? What you are the church. What can you do this week to impact someone's life? To reach out to someone in a marvelous and powerful way.
if you're watching online and you're a guest, you said, I've just tuned in for this stream, and you're one of those people that say, my goodness, I'd love to, I'd love to discuss the Word of God with someone online. I wish someone would send me a link. Listen, I'll make sure you get connected. If it's not me, someone else, one of our leaders, we will get together. We will teach a Bible study online. We'll go through things. We'll discuss the Word of God. We'll meet, meet weekly online. Send us an inbox. Email us at the church. I'm telling you. This is, a, this is an unstable time. But we don't have to fear. Instead, who is God calling me to be? What can I accomplish for the cause of Christ? The kingdom. The church has left the building. God's not surprised by that. It didn't catch him off guard. Now let's step into what he, the doors he's opening, the things he's led, the challenges he's putting before us. I'm just wondering right now, if maybe you're sitting down, let's, there's something powerful about a physical response. If you're watching online, stand up. Just stand to your feet. Just gather the kids in together. Hopefully they're still in the same room and our service is just about one hour here and we're done. But you can gather the kids together and if you're by yourself, you're standing up, you could just begin to raise your hand. You could just begin to go, God, Lord, and be honest with them. God is not fake. He did not create you to be fake either. Nothing wrong with raising your hand saying, God, right now, I've been fighting fear. I've been fighting anxiety, Jesus. I've been wondering what the plan is. I've been looking for answers from everybody, and I, and I, I don't seem to find them. And so now I'm looking for answers from you, but understand God might not be giving you an answer. So instead you say, Lord, I choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, I, you're, you're a God who doesn't change. And so, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Begin to pray with your children. Your kids got to hear your voice. Your kids aren't going to develop into praying people when they don't hear mom and dad pray. Let your kids begin to hear your voice right now. As you just grab them and get down, get them, and get them together and say, guys, let's pray together right now. God's in control, guys. What can we do for our community? What can we do for our neighbors? What can we do? Maybe have a, a, an online Bible study. What is it that we can accomplish? Let's not talk about what we're, what we're losing. What can we gain as the church with this technology? What could the first century apostles could have gained with this technology? I choose not to fear. Oh God, I pray right now that everybody that's responding in homes, Lord, that they would feel your power, your presence, your love, your peace, your joy. That they would know that they are not alone, that they have nothing to fear, that you are with them, Lord. God, we just, Lord, help us. I pray that as we as we begin to discuss this with our family, place people in our hearts that we would call and, and reach out to, write a letter to, call, see in person if we can, Lord, to, to do an online Skype session, Zoom, Google Hangouts, that we begin to utilize technology to be the church that you are calling us to be. 
God you have never given. We've, we've never had a greater opportunity to impact our world. People are looking online for answers. They're sitting in their homes, scrolling through feeds. What could we do with Facebook Live? What could we do with Google Hangouts? What could we do to, to offer hope to someone, to listen to someone, to love someone? You said that, that people would know us by our love, Lord Jesus. God, let people see and feel love from us, I pray. Oh, just continue to respond. Well, this service is done, but we're, our praise team is going to just begin to sing. Continue to pray in your home with your family. Grace upon grace. 